2 Kings 17, these are God's words. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hoshea, son of Elah, became king of Israel in Samaria. And he reigned nine years, and he did evil in the sight of Yahweh, not as the kings of Israel who were before him. Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, came up against him, and Hoshea became his vassal, and paid him tribute money. And the king of Assyria uncovered a conspiracy by Hoshea, for he had sent messengers to Saul, king of Egypt, and brought no tribute to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria shut him up and banned him in prison. Now the king of Assyria went throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria and placed them in Halah and by the Habor, the river of Gozan, and in the city of the cities of the Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against Yahweh their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt. And they had feared other gods and had walked in the statutes of the nations, whom Yahweh had cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel which they had made. Also the children of Israel secretly did against Yahweh their God things that were not right. And they built for themselves high places in all their cities, from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. There they burned incense on all the high places, like the nations whom Yahweh had carried away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke Yahweh to anger, for they served idols of which Yahweh had said to them, You shall not do this thing. Yet Yahweh had testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets, every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes, according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. Nevertheless they would not hear, but stiffen their necks like the necks of their fathers, who did not believe in Yahweh their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant, that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. They followed idols, became idolaters, and went after the nations who were all round them, concerning whom Yahweh had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left all the commandments of Yahweh their God, made for themselves a molded image and two calves, made a wooden image, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served Baal. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire practiced witchcraft, and ceased saying, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of Yahweh to provoke him to anger. Therefore Yahweh was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. Also Judah did not keep the commandments of Yahweh their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they made. And Yahweh rejected all the descendants of Israel afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of plunderers until he cast them from his sight. For he tore Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king, and then Jeroboam drove Israel from following Yahweh and made them commit a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did, and they did not depart from them until Yahweh removed Israel from out of his sight.
as he had said by all his servants the prophets. So Israel was carried away from their own land to Assyria, as it is to this day. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Cutha, Ava, Hamath, and from Sepharvaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. When they took possession of Samaria, dwelt in its cities. And it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there, they did not fear Yahweh, and therefore Yahweh sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations whom you have removed and placed in the city of Samaria do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them, and indeed they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Send there one of the priests whom you brought from there. Let him go and dwell there. Let him teach the rituals of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear Yahweh. However, every nation continued to make gods of its own and put them in the shrines on the high places which the Samaritans had made, every nation in the cities where they dwelt. The men of Babylon made Sakat Benoth, the men of Kuth made Nergal, the men of Hamath made Ashima, the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, the Sepharvites burned their children in fire to Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of Sepharvayim. So they feared Yahweh, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests of the high places, who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. They feared Yahweh, yet they served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. To this day, they continue practicing the former rituals. They do not fear Yahweh, nor do they follow their, st their statutes, nor their ordinances, or the law and commandment which Yahweh had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom Yahweh had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them, but Yahweh who brought you up out from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. Him you shall fear. Him you shall worship. To him you shall offer sacrifices. And the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall be careful to observe forever. <coughs> you shall not fear other gods. And the commandment that I have made with you, sorry, and the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods. But Yahweh your God you shall fear, and he will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. However, they did not obey, but they followed their former rituals. So these nations feared Yahweh, yet served their carved images. Also their children and their children's children have continued doing as their fathers did, even to this day. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Now, in this passage, the Holy Spirit uh, pulls back the curtain for us a little bit and gives us a, a hint so that we may understand a little bit more of why Second Kings is written. Uh, it is a historical account. It's too late uh, for the nation of Israel in the north of the divided kingdom or the nation of Judah in the south of the divided kingdom. The passage itself says that Judah 
Thou also did not keep the commandments, but did the same, and that they were exiled, in verse 19 and following. And yet we have, uh, in verse 23, as it is to this day, and we have in verse 34, to this day they continue practicing their former rituals. And you have in verse 41, uh, and their children and their children's children have continued doing as their fathers did, even to this day. And so you see that Second Kings 17 and Second Kings as a whole is a book written out of God's mercy to Samaritans. God's mercy to the mixed breed in the northern kingdom that is descended uh, from uh, what few Israelites were left in the land or returned to the land, uh, and those other nations that Assyria had brought in and settled the land, uh, mixed-race people with mixed religion, which is why when you get to the time of Jesus, the Judeans, the Jews, uh, had nothing to do with Samaritans. They thought they were so much better, although this passage tells us that the Jews were just as bad as those from the north. And yet, the Jews did at least uh, have the word of God, but um, we'll deal with Jews and Samaritans in another passage here. The first thing to see is that this passage is a merciful scripture by the Holy Spirit to the children and grandchildren of this mixed people with the mixed religion, urging them to abandon not only the worship that had come from those other nations into the northern kingdom, but to abandon the worship that was taught to them when they arrived in the northern kingdom. Because what happened when they arrived in the northern kingdom and they weren't doing any Yahweh worship at all and God was sending lions to tear them to pieces and eat them? What did they do? they retrieved one of the priests who had been exiled from the northern kingdom. Was this a priest from the tribe of Levi? No. How do we know? Because in 1 Kings 12, uh, 26-33, where the Jeroboam religion was made up in Bethel and Dan, and in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 and 14, it tells us that when Jeroboam made up his religion, he decided to make priests from other tribes than the Levites. After all, um, if you do things God's way, it's very narrow-minded. It's overly precise in particular. Why shouldn't people from the other tribes get to be priests? Uh, but when he did that, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 and 14, sorry, Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 11, verses 13 and 14 tells us that the Levitical priests all moved south. They went to Judah. So who are these priests that had been exiled for Samaria, from Samaria and then brought back by the Assyrians to stop the lion plague? Well, they're priests from the cult of Jeroboam. They're priests who are under the name Yahweh who brought you up from the land of Egypt. That's what... Jeroboam said the calf worship in Bethel and Dan was for. You know where he learned that? He learned it from Aaron, who had said that about the calf worship at Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 32. And so it was very traditional and very ancient 
and it was in the name of Yahweh, and it was to celebrate the saving work of Yahweh in bringing them up out of Egypt. But just as the scripture tells us in Romans 9, not all who are descended from Israel are uh, from Israel, so the scripture tells us in 2 Kings 17, not all fearing of Yahweh is fearing of Yahweh. Right? It says they feared Yahweh, and then it describes how they feared Yahweh as instructed by this false priest from the false cult of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who was imitating the, the cult or the religion that was invented um, by uh, Aaron uh, at Sinai. And so where it says they did fear Yahweh, it also says they did not fear Yahweh. Verse 34, to this day they continue practicing former rituals. They do not fear Yahweh. Uh, and so it gives us several times this, if you're violating the second commandment, you're violating the first commandment. If you're worshiping the Lord in your own way, it's not actually the Lord that you're worshiping. Kind of like if you have bread and wine and you read the words of the institution, uh, words of institution, and you do it on the Lord's day in the assembly, the apostle under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit might uh, give you some surprising news when he says, actually, it's not the Lord's Supper that you're eating it, although you're calling it that. You're eating and drinking judgment. You're not uh, feeding upon the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Uh, and so if we come and we say, we're worshiping God, we're just keeping uh, our own day that we have set apart to remember these saving acts of God. And we're in the service having these additional ways of, uh, of praising him that are very worshipful and meaningful to us. And they've been worshipful and meaningful to the church for hundreds of years. How can you say that they're wrong? You say, well, Second Kings 17 says, not all fearing of Yahweh is actually fearing of Yahweh. And God in his mercy to Samaritans wrote them this chapter hundreds of years after Israel was already exiled, after Judah was already exiled, so that he would turn them from false worship. And they wouldn't say things like, but the worship is traditional. But it feels worshipful to us. But this is how it connects with our culture that we are from. Because that is the way of thinking that provokes God to wrath. And he is patient. But there comes a day when the time of patience has run out. Isn't it very interesting that the one king of the northern kingdom about whom it says, not quite as evil as the other guys. He was the one uh, from whom and under whom the Lord finally brought the exile of the northern kingdom. It was too late. Although Hosea was not so bad as the kings that came before him, yet it was too late. And the Lord gave the northern kingdom into the hands of the king of Assyria. 
And so he had showed them mercy. He had showed them mercy to begin with, right? He describes himself as the God who brought them out of Egypt. He describes himself as the God who had cast out the other nations of the land. We're about to sing it, about it. We've, we're, that's the psalm that we're singing this week, Psalm 80, right? In Psalm 80, you sing about the vine being brought out of Egypt and the Lord casting others out so that he could plant it there. The Lord was merciful. The Lord was gracious uh, at the beginning. The Lord was merciful to give them good commandments. The ordinances and law and commandments which Yahweh had commanded the, the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, the covenant that he had given them, the statutes and ordinances and law and commandment which he wrote for them to be careful to observe forever the covenant that he made with them. Uh, and, and so verse 34 and 35 and 36 and 37 so the Lord had been gracious in redeeming them. The Lord had been gracious in establishing them. The Lord had been gracious in giving them good commandments. The Lord had been gracious in being patient with them. And what does Romans 2 say? It says, just because the Lord hasn't punished you yet, it doesn't mean that what you're doing is okay. It means you should see how patient the Lord is and say, look at the riches of his grace. Look at the riches of his patience. Look at the riches of his mercy. Shouldn't we love and obey a God who is so patient with us? Don't you not see that the kindness and the forbearance of God is meant to lead you to repentance? And so if it's been a hundred, hundreds of years of the Lord being patient, while the churches in wickedness observe Advent season, while the churches in wickedness uh, observe uh, a season in the name of a pagan goddess uh, in celebration of death and resurrection of Christ, as they say that it is. You say, no, if you celebrate it your way, you're not fearing Yahweh, you're not praising Jesus. Not all fearing Yahweh is fearing Yahweh. You don't say, God must be okay with it. You say, look at how patient God has been. Does not a God who shows such patience and bears with us in such mercy and such grace, is he not worthy of our repentance and our love and our obedience? He's been merciful to deliver us to begin with. He's been merciful to give us good instructions for how to worship him. He's been merciful to bear patiently with our sin. He's even been merciful to give us bad examples and what he's done to them. Israel and Judah should have uh, should have learned from what God did to uh, Egypt and what God did to the Canaanites. Israel in the north should have learned from what God did to the house of David. And yet, what was the the first king of Israel in the north was who? Re uh, Jeroboam. He didn't learn from what happened to the line of David. He immediately instituted false religion. Judah should have learned from what happened to the northern kingdom, what God did to the northern to, to the northern kingdom. But Judah didn't learn. They did as the kings of Israel had, did, had done. The people who came into the land should have gotten a clue and said, not let's retrieve one of the Israelites whom we have exiled, because God had just judged them. Let's go south and find one of the Levites who could tell us what the law of God says about how to worship Yahweh. And 
the Samaritans should have learned. That's what 2 Kings 17 is for, isn't it? The Samaritans should have learned from what happened to Israel and Judah. The Samaritans didn't. So why is it written here? Well, 1 Corinthians 10 tells us. All these things came upon them, but they were written down for whose instruction? For our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Is God not merciful to give us these examples? And should we not respond to the display of his mercy by repenting of our own sin? Isn't that what Jesus is saying in John 4 when he's sitting at the well with a woman from Samaria and they're having a conversation about worship? And he says, in answer to her question, no, actually, you guys were wrong, and the Jews were right. They had the Bible. You should have been going to Jerusalem the whole time. You should have been worshiping at the temple the whole time. You should have been worshiping only under the priesthood and through the sacrifices and in the place that God has given to worship. But their worship is expiring. Because Jesus is here now. And the place of worship is through Jesus Christ in heaven. And the sacrifice of worship is only the once for all sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. There are no more priests. There are no more sacrifices. There's not the Roman mass. There's not an altar in the front of the church where you go up to the altar. There's not some some new class of, of priests in the church of Jesus Christ. There's not a new class of instrumentalists like the sons of Korah. There's not a new class of singers like the sons of Asaph. There's not a new class of those who offer the sacrifice like the sons of Aaron. No, no, no. You worship through Christ only in the way that the Lord has commanded the recipe principle of worship to take uh, the language from our passage in the Lord's Day Evening Sermon. This was written for us so that we would only come through Jesus in the public worship, only join that worship that is in heaven and not do what comes from the minds of men on earth because it connects better with the cultures from which we have come. God is spirit and he has sent Christ And we must worship only through Jesus in the worship that he leads from heaven. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you would bless to us this passage. We thank you for your mercy and patience with Israel and Judah. We thank you for your mercy and patience with Samaritans. We thank you for your mercy and patience even with us. And we pray, O Lord, that the riches of your goodness and your kindness and forbearance would lead us to repentance and that we would not store up wrath, whether against ourselves individually for the day of wrath that comes in the last day or against our congregations corporately for the day of wrath that might come in the removing of a lampstand. We thank you that although these things happened to them, that you have caused them to be written down for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And so by your Spirit we pray that you would give us repentance and faith and love 
and obedience in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, and even to Jesus Christ. In whose name we ask it. Amen.